0: What a joy it is to have this opportunity to worship, as John said, through baptism. While he was praying, I was, I was cupping the water and watching it drop. It's just water, and yet the symbolism is so powerful. It represents the washing away of sins. And as I lean each candidate backwards, it, it reminds us that we are dying to self, dying to our old way of life and coming back as a new creature in Jesus Christ. We baptize because among the last things Jesus commanded was for us to go and make disciples in the great commission Matthew 28:16 through 20. He said all authority has been given to me on heaven in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Shall we pray? Father, as we gather now to worship you through the ordinance of baptism, we thank you that when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, His shed blood washed away our sins and gave us an opportunity for a renewed relationship with you. If we will believe, confess our sins and invite you into our heart to be our Savior and Lord. We thank you for these six who are about to be baptized, for their families, for what it means to our church. And Father, for someone watching here tonight in the sanctuary, perhaps by television, let it be a reminder that your grace is available for all if we will only believe and trust in you. Be with us now in worship. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This is my sister in Christ, Laken Barnes. Let me invite her family and friends gathered here tonight to witness this special event to stand at this time. Look at the head. Laken, it's my privilege to be able to ask you, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? I do. That in obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, Laken Brienne Barnes, my sister, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Laken, you've been buried with Christ in death. Rise now to walk in newness of life. This is my brother and sister in Christ, Noah and Sarah Madison Fletcher. Madison Fletcher, let me invite their family and friends gathered here this evening to witness this, to stand at this time. Noah, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? I do. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in him. I baptize you, Noah Pierce Fletcher, my brother, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to. I got you. I got you. I got you. Can I do a little bit more? You all right? Okay. Okay. Madison, come here. Hang on. I got you. Stand right here. Here we go. Turn around and watch your sister. Okay? You want to watch your sister? You got it? Okay. Okay. Her family and friends remaining uh, standing, this is my sister Madison Fletcher. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? I do. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in Him, I baptize you, Sarah Madison Fletcher, my sister, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Madison, having been buried with Christ in death, rise and walk in newness of life. This is my brother in Christ, Shamar Perkins. Let me invite his family and friends gathered here tonight to stand with him. Look at the youth. For some reason, when Shamar started coming here, he told us his name was Jackson. But tonight, his bab- baptism, his name is Shamar Samuel Perkins. Shamar, let me ask you, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? I do. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, Shamar Samuel Perkins, my brother, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Shamar, you've been buried with Christ in death. (laughs) This way. This way. And this is my sister in Christ. Jashonda Sawyer. Let me invite her family and friends gathered here tonight to stand together. Jashonda, let me ask you, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? I do. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, Jashonda Nicole Sawyer, my sister, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Ashonda, having been buried with Christ in death, rise and walk a new life with him. This is my sister in Christ, Lily Turner. Let me invite her family and friends gathered here tonight to stand. And, Lily, let me ask you, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ?
1: Yes,
0: sir. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, Lily Ann Turner, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lily, having been buried with Christ in death, you can rise and walk a new life with him. One thing you might need to know is um, we had two Vietnamese baptized this afternoon right after the morning worship service, so I cut the heater off a little earlier than usual for the water, and it's pretty chilly (laughs) by this time, but it still is able to signify the grace of God that washes away our sins and makes us white as snow. You do not light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a lampstand for all the world to see. So for these six and for all of you who profess the name of Jesus Christ, let your light so shine that men may not see you, but your heavenly father and the good works that he makes possible through you because of his presence in you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these six who have been obedient in baptism. We pray for others to be encouraged, those who have passed through baptismal waters, to be encouraged in their faith, to be renewed and rededicated. For those who have professed their faith in you but have never been baptized, Father, help them to have that confidence and boldness to not be ashamed but to stand up for you and to submit to believers' baptism by immersion. And Father, we also pray especially for those who have never opened the door of their hearts and invited you into their lives. We pray tonight somehow that you would speak to them, convict them of sin and of their need for you and their hearts and lives. And they would be willing to turn their lives over to you for you to become their Lord and Savior. For tonight to be their night of salvation. Speak to us. Through baptism and through worship we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Well, aren't you glad you came to church tonight? i tell you that we've, early in our service, but we have done already so many things that the New Testament church is supposed to do. We've prayed together. We've sung together. And we celebrated with these in baptism. But, you know, I think we may be getting a little bit soft. They used to baptize in the creek, and, and it's a lot colder than, than that water up there probably is. But uh, we're grateful to have the luxury that we have to come together and worship. And we're glad that you're here tonight. I have a couple of announcements to share with you about things coming up this week, and then we'll spend a few moments to fellowship together and welcoming one another let me remind our deacons that our regular monthly deacons meeting is tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock in Memorial Social Hall. Then this coming Wednesday when we gather for our uh, family night supper and prayer meeting time, we'll be in church conference to take care of the business of our church. For our ladies on Thursday is our monthly women's life lunch, and I believe there was a slide about that in our announcements earlier, uh, but that's at noon in the gym uh, on Thursday. And then Uh, As hard as it may be for you to believe, a week from today, uh, on Sunday evening at 5 o'clock, we'll be having our church-wide Thanksgiving dinner together next Sunday. This doesn't seem possible that Thanksgiving's already here, but it is. Uh, And as a part of that, the church provides our turkey and dressing and and the drinks, uh, and then we are asked to bring the side dishes, vegetables, salads, and desserts. Please come and join us. It's always a great time of fellowship together. And then we'll come uh, immediately afterwards over here to the, to the uh, sanctuary for our community Thanksgiving service. Uh, but to come and bring a dish, uh, enough for your family and a couple of others, and we'll have plenty to eat and have a great time of fellowship together next Sunday at 5 o'clock over in the Family Life Center. Well, we are glad that you're here and that you chose to worship uh, our Lord together tonight. Uh, if you're a guest with us, maybe you came Uh, to witness baptism and to celebrate that with a member of your extended family we're glad that you're here but if you are a guest tonight you hold a seat of honor in our presence and we just want to let you know how glad we are that you're in our presence tonight and and in the presence of the Lord as we worship together our ushers are coming forward and in just a moment our members are going to stand to find you and to greet you uh, and to greet one another as well But we ask that you remain seated so that we can find you, our ushers can give you some information about our church, and our members can welcome you properly. So if you would, if you're a guest with us tonight, please remain seated while our members stand to greet you.
3: I hope you'll open up your heart to what God is trying to tell you through the worship and the sermon. If you have anything you need prayer for or you'd like to make a confession of faith, or you're just curious about the whole faith thing, don't be afraid to call us. We have counselors standing by. Our number is 229-382-6063. Or if you're just interested about our church and what's going on, the website is fbctifton.org. Now, I hope you enjoyed the rest of the service. Thanks for joining us.
2: 325 in your hymnal Psalm 51:7 says wash me and I will be whiter than snow and didn't we just see that so beautifully portrayed the very symbolism of baptism hymn number 365 325 whiter than snow
3: day it has been not just weather wise but lord to worship and to study to pray and to sing and father just to close it out with the scene that we have seen tonight these young people coming and giving their lives to you we thank you father we so often forget to say thank you for the blessings that you pour out on us every day. And, Father, I just pray that you would help us to, as we come this morning, came this morning, Lord, bring in commitment cards for finances. Help us, Lord, to commit our lives along with those finances because, Father, they are needed to carry out the, the things that come that call for the finances. And Father, we pray now that you would, as we come, Lord, into the next few weeks, there's so much going on. Thanksgiving Day, Lord, but every day should be a Thanksgiving Day. And then, Lord, as we approach our Lottie Moon Christmas offering for foreign missions, Father, help us now to plan now as to what we will give for that, not until it hurts, Lord, but until it feels good. Again, we thank you for these young people who have given and pledged their lives tonight, and we pray that as they go out, that their light will shine, that others might see Jesus in them. Thank you again, Lord. You're so good, and we just are so grateful. Bless this offering as it comes tonight, Lord, the tithes and the offerings that are given, and may they be given with a gleeful heart. And, Father, we just ask that you would bless it. That every penny, every dime, every dollar might be multiplied to carry on the work, Lord, that you have deemed us to do. For it's in the name of our Lord and Savior we do pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Lord, oh, do Lord. Oh. Just a few more weary days and then I fly away to a land where George Lord, all the
0: Will you sing, I'll fly away at my funeral in about 60 years? Let's see, 60 and 39, I'll be 99. Uh. The confidence of baptism, Hebrews eleven nineteen through 25. What's the purpose of baptism? There's so many reasons for baptism upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And one of those reasons is that it gives us confidence. It lets us know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Jesus has come into our heart and has saved us. And as I shared with these six candidates in the hallway before we entered the baptistry, when Jesus comes into your heart, he never leaves. You never need be baptized again because you're saved and you can rest in that confidence and that assurance that Jesus is in your heart. Now, you may push him over in the corner, but he doesn't leave. Hebrews 10. It says Hebrews 11, doesn't it? Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. You're going to have to get your Bibles out. Open your Open your Bible. Hebrews 10:19 through 25 Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way which he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Verse 22 is the focal point. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Shall we pray? God, we thank you tonight that when we professed our faith in you and invited Jesus into our hearts, you sprinkled our bodies with the blood of the Passover lamb to take away our sin. And you washed us with pure water in the baptistry to signify cleansing and dying to self and a new life in Jesus. Father, give us confidence so much in our Christian life we are timid and afraid. But you give us confidence to enter into the sanctuary before your throne of mercy. We come only because Jesus made it possible. But in so doing, we have the assurance that we belong. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Baptism by immersion is so full of different symbolism. When Paul talks about the symbols of baptism, he's usually referring to burial and resurrection. But here in Hebrews, there's other kinds of symbolism that's talked about. And here is the confidence that comes from knowing your sins have been washed away with pure water. Hebrews is kind of, kind of complicated. It's written to the church to encourage them, to, to let them know that Jesus is with them while they're being persecuted. It's a difficult time for these new Christians. And the writer here says that Jesus has opened up a new and living way into God's sanctuary. And our references to our hope being in the living Christ instead of in sacrificial animals, as in the old testament over and over again in hebrews you'll see how the new covenant how how everything in the new testament supersedes that of the old testament we have a better priest in jesus than the high priest in the old testament we have a better covenant in jesus than they had in abraham in the old covenant we have everything a perfect spotless lamb jesus everything is better in the new testament So here, Jesus is the sacrificial animal, better than any sacrificial animals in the Old Testament, making it possible for us to be in a relationship with God. And he says here in verse 22, "...let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water." Two features of the Christian experience of salvation. First, the writer says, "...our hearts have been sprinkled clean." from an evil conscience, and secondly, our bodies washed with pure water. First of all, sprinkle clean. What is that a reference to? What is that a symbol of? Do you remember the Passover in the Old Testament? This sprinkle clean recalls the deliverance of Israel from death in Egypt. The tenth of those ten plagues. Can anybody name the ten plagues? that God brought upon Egypt because they refused to let the children of Israel go. I know I couldn't, so I looked them up. Are you ready? Blood. Do you remember when the river was turned to blood? Frogs. Gnats. I think we have had that plague here in South Georgia. Flies. Pestilence. Boils. Hail. Locusts. Darkness. And finally, the death of the firstborn male. When Egypt was smitten by the 10th the plague, the death of the firstborn son, the Israelites were spared because their doorposts had blood sprinkled on them and the death angel passed over their houses. And so from that point forward, the sprinkled blood came to stand for divine forgiveness and mercy. And you'll see references to sprinkled blood throughout the Bible, all referring back to that 10th plague where Israel was spared because they took a sacrificial lamb and sprinkled its blood on the doorpost of their homes. The death angel took the firstborn male child from every other household, even farm animals. But those that had the blood sprinkled on the doorpost were spared. Isaiah spoke of God sprinkling many nations, a description of the effects of Christ's death. And the writer of Hebrews here is talking about sprinkling as an instrument both of the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the sprinkling of blood represents forgiveness and consecration of those who follow Christ. To have one's heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience means that one has been and always will be forgiven and freed from the guilt of sin because the punishment of sin has passed over just like the death angel did in Exodus. This happens when we give our lives to Jesus. He sprinkles it clean with the blood of the lamb that was shed on the cross, and we are freed from a guilty conscience forever. I have no idea how folks live who don't have assurance of the forgiveness of sins. Seems like Baptists specialize in guilt sometimes. But we are the folks who have been set free from that guilt. All Christians who have professed Jesus as Lord and Savior have that that sprinkled blood that cleanses us from an an evil conscience. But secondly, and and what I wanted to emphasize tonight, was the fact that our bodies are washed with pure water. And of course, it's a reference to baptism. Baptism. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It's an outward washing that signifies an inward cleansing of the heart. With a sprinkled heart and washed body, the believer is able to draw near with confidence and full assurance in the faith. We don't have to slink in to the sanctuary. We don't have to be ashamed to come before God's throne of mercy because of the sprinkled blood and the washed body that professing our faith and being baptized makes possible. We can trust Christ. We don't have to be tentative and cautious when we move in his direction, because washing of bodies, rather than just a sprinkling on the head, is a picture of the complete and full assurance of faith that is afforded everyone who is in Christ. So baptism symbolizes purification. But the cleansing should be thought of not just by water, but but how we live a clean lives as a result. The baptized rise in the clear, clean water, knowing they're now under an obligation to live a holy life, fervent in hope and committed to the purposes of God for them in Christ Jesus. Such a change of mind, a turning away from sin and despair and self, represents a cleansing and a starting over. It is a clean slate when you come up out of the baptistry waters. In the words of Upton's hymn, No trust in water do we place, tis but an outward sign. The great reality is grace, the fountain, blood divine. In other words, the act of baptism doesn't save us. But it it symbolizes the saving, cleansing power of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who washes away the sins of the world by his blood that was shed on the cross for you and me, and for these six who were just baptized, and for all of us who know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So we celebrate with them, and with all of those who have been sprinkled clean with the blood shed on the cross by the perfect Lamb of God and who have been washed in pure water, their sins taken away. Having that blood sprinkled, having that pure cleansing water of the baptistry gives us confidence to draw near to God because our relationship with him has been restored. The sin that we had in our lives that separated us from him and that made him unable to look at us because of that evil in our lives and because he is so holy, that sin has been taken away and our separation has been brought together in Christ Jesus. Because of that, we can draw near with a true heart and full assurance. We can come with confidence into the sanctuary because our hearts have been sprinkled clean just like those who were spared at Passover and our bodies have been washed with pure water because we've been obedient unto baptism. If you have never invited Jesus into your heart, that sprinkling and cleansing has not been made in your life. If you've never followed him in baptism, then you have not been washed with that pure water. Jesus saves you. The baptism symbolizes that. And all that together gives us confidence and assurance to come into the presence of an almighty and holy and righteous God who loves us with an everlasting love. Shall we bow together? Father, as we worship you tonight through baptism, it's not just an appendage at the beginning or end of a worship service, but it is an act of worship. And sometimes baptism is a sermon in itself speaking to all those who have come to remember their own baptism, to be encouraged in it, or maybe to be convicted because they have yet to invite you into their hearts and be obedient. You commanded us to go into all the world and make disciples and baptize and teach. So help us be faithful in that calling. And in the making disciples, help us to baptize and teach and grow and mature and be able to have a relationship with you because our hearts have been sprinkled clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water, made possible by Jesus' death on the cross. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Once again, let me reiterate, baptism saves no one. If baptism is a requirement for salvation then that nullifies the work of the cross. It says it has to be the cross plus something. Let me assure you, the cross is sufficient in and of itself for salvation. There's no other requirement. There's no other name by which we must be saved. Baptism is important, though, because Christ commanded it. He was baptized, and he asked us to follow him in obedience. If you have never professed your faith in Jesus Christ, would you do so tonight? If you have done so privately but have never shared it publicly, would you be confident enough in your profession to stand before this body of believers and say, I'm not ashamed to stand for Jesus because he went to the cross for me? If you'd like to profess your faith or rededicate your life, if you need a church home, There's not a better church anywhere to be found than this family who will wrap their arms around you and love you and encourage you in your walk with Christ. Any decision you have to make public, I'll be at the front. You come. 317, only trust him. You come as we stand and as we sing.